I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England Case Profile Edition. Yes, welcome back to another mini episode. We are excited to have you. Thank you for tuning in to these mini episodes. It means a lot to us. Mm -hmm. And we're glad that this idea is doing well. Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who don't know, our case profiles were created to bring awareness to the even smaller cases of people of color in New England who do not get enough media attention. Historically, New England is very white. Uh, We are the whitest states in the country, so there's not a lot of attention when it comes to people of color, whether that be African-American, Pacific Islander, Indian, you know, anything. There's usually just not a lot of media attention, so we take the time to cover them in these mini episodes so they still get talked about. Yes, for sure. And... Liz will tell us one and I'll tell one just so we can still kind of get them out there. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Most of these cases are unsolved. Some of them at the end, we will give a phone number um, for you to call if you have any tips or if you know anyone who was in the area that we were talking about at the time of the crime. So like Katie said, we switch off. Um, It's a good way to tell stories. And just so you guys know, I don't know about her story and she doesn't know about mine. So the reactions are genuine and we're learning and we're sharing it with you in real time. Yes. Great. So I believe it is I who goes first. That it is. It is your turn. Amen. And I'm excited to tell you this story because it's got, I mean, obviously it's awful, but it has some elements of like, laws in place okay as well so this takes place in linfield massachusetts on may 29th of 2016 so i would consider that recently so it's early early in the morning of may 29th 2016 in linfield massachusetts and a crazy movie like rager is going on it's bumping like cops are coming over to say turn down the music, that kind of thing. Five men from the South Shore, they rented a mansion in Linfield for $1.4,000 that night. And it was an Airbnb, essentially. The owner, Alex Styler, turned this mansion, which was $3.35 million, into an Airbnb. So he rented his property out to these five men for the night they were going to have a massive party they were going to hire their own cleaning crew to clean it up in the morning and then be good sounds like awesome right that's like that's seriously that's something out of a movie genuinely or like a a teenager sitcom tv show oh yeah there was a pool hot tub a bar a dj it was bumping And it was nice out. It was May, so it was just about summertime. Great. 33-year-old Kayvon Heath, who was a father of a 13-year-old boy and an infant son who was less than... I want to say he was, like, just a few months old, if that. He headed to this bumping party with his friend Anthony. Um, Anthony is not his real name, just so you guys know. So Kayvon was super excited for this party. It was said 
that he was like sending pictures all week to his friends like these shoes and this shirt like he was really like Aww. trying to get ready and he was excited because he didn't party as often as he did he was a dad and you know he had things to do so he was really excited that he was gonna you know get to rave for a little while so according to the party goers and there was plenty of videos from that night um it was a crazy party a lot of fun and people were having a great time so it ended up being about 100 people, which Alex Styler, the owner of the mansion, will say later that he thought it was going to be only like 20. They told him that it was going to be like a graduation, like college reunion party. So it seemed a little hype for a reunion party. Wow. But who? what do I know? So according to Anthony, Kayvon's friend, Kayvon was having such a good time. And he even said at one point that it was the best night he's ever had. Oh, no. Yeah. At around 2.30 a.m., Anthony decided uh, he was tired. He wanted to go home. So he told Kayvon, who grabbed his stuff out of Anthony's car, said, no worries, I'll catch a ride with a buddy. I'm I'm staying. I'm still in it. And so Anthony was like, great, see ya. Like, have fun. And so when Anthony was driving home, he was driving to Boston, he called Kayvon to just see how he was doing and Kayvon was he was drinking you know they were having fun and he was like yeah it's great he could still hear the party going it was a great time people were still having so much fun right after Anthony hung up the phone so just about 3 a.m gunshots rang out and stopped the party like completely in its tracks the police were called at 3.04 a.m. and they arrived at 3.06, so they were very fast, very prompt, which was great. It turns out that an argument occurred that involved one of Kayvon's female friends, and so he went to defend her, and in the confusion and the crowd and whether people were drunk or intoxicated, however, or not, it doesn't matter, somebody pulled a gun and shot him twice in the chest seemingly i would guess at close range so Kayvon was rushed to the hospital he was unfortunately dead upon arrival so if you guys listen to any of our episodes like in order or you just have in the past episode six robert joyle he was a teen murdered in the 90s in maine and it what happened with him was he was like in almost like a it wasn't quite as big of a crowd, but somebody stabbed him and he died. He was like 17. And to this day, over 20 years later, there's nobody's come forward to say who did it. And there was dozens of witnesses. This is the same thing. Nobody has come forward. It's been almost six years or just over six years. Nobody has come forward to say this is what happened. And there were plenty of people there. So it's really confusing and scary that so many people are willing to have this secret, you know? Somebody died. You know, he was a, a brother, a son, a dad, and he was shot and killed at a party. Wow. And he said it was the best night of his life. I know. Wow. And he was among friends, too. I mean, if he has an end to a party like that, you yeah. have to at least know one person there. Exactly. So why didn't that person... I know Anthony left, so mm -hmm. obviously he couldn't do anything, but, you know, he said he would get a ride home with a buddy, so he must have known someone. Wow. Yeah. So in response to the shooting, the town of Linfield 
began to like crack down on people renting out their homes for Airbnbs. Um, so they attempted to have like they they attempted to go after Alex Styler and say that um, he violated the town's bylaws due to renting his home on a short term basis that went against local zoning ordinances. Did you understand that? Me neither. But they were trying to say that, like, he was breaking... They were just fishing for it to blame someone because they didn't have the person who actually shot him. And Alex Styler was like, um, uh, I wasn't there. Like, I signed it over to these men and they paid. So I don't know what you're talking about. So the town of Linfield and Kayvon's mother and family tried to claim that it was his fault and they filed a lawsuit. Um, against him because they were like, it was your mansion, you know? The court did find that Styler was not guilty um, of Kayvon's murder because it was a third party and Styler was staying at another location entirely and he had given control to those five men and they had properly paid and there was like an exchange of understanding, you know? So they said it's not his fault. And of course, Kayvon's family was frustrated about that because... His, their son is dead, their friend is dead, their dad is dead, and they have no answers and no one responsible. So, like I said, six years later, still no answers for Kayvon and his family. Kayvon was a great guy. He had struggles in life that a lot of people do. Um, he was born to his mom, Sharon, who was 16 and a fresh immigrant from Honduras. So they were like really... It was just a lot for her, and then she had a little baby. They lived in a shelter for the first six months of his life, and that's very stressful. And so he always kind of had, like, the rough end of things. Mm -hmm. He initially didn't graduate high school, and he turned to a life of crime and drugs. Um, when he was 28, his teen brother died of lupus. Wow. And so that was devastating. And he remembers, you know, he said his, his mom... Um, was crying in the kitchen saying, like, I can't afford a headstone for him. And so Kayvon said, don't worry, I will, I will get it. I'll get it done. The way he tried to do that was going and trying to sell cocaine and robbing. And he got caught and, you know, he was sent to jail and, you know, he did time. And obviously his intentions were good, but, you know, it ended up being... A negative situation that was again when he was 28 eventually he did go on to get his GED and he had two healthy sons in a long-term loving relationship so he had turned his life around at this point and was a good dad and a great friend and son and so when he died it wasn't because he was in a gang it wasn't because he was doing drugs it was because of senseless violence Wow. Yeah, and I don't even have a number for anyone to call. Really? Nope. Couldn't find one. I don't. I never have understood those situations where there's a million and one witnesses and nobody wants to say anything. I just don't get it. There was nothing illegal going on at that party. At least maybe there was, but it was a property that was properly paid for. They had you know ca they had catering. It was very like it was a real party. And as far as I know, there was nothing, like, going on that was sketchy. It was just a party. So, why is it so hush-hush? A man died! Somebody's gotta come forward eventually. That There's is so wild. Awful. 
And that's the story of Kayvon Heath. Terrible, terrible stuff, and so sad that he hasn't gotten justice yet. My sources today include, I actually had three somehow. I know, impressive. The Daily Mail, Universal Hub, and Boston Magazine. All right, Katie, I'm ready to hear your story. All right, I'm going to be telling you and our listeners about the murder of Marcos Cruz. Okay. My sources for this, I had a whopping one source. Oh my god. It was from WPRI.com. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Of course. On October 5th, 2003, Marcos Cruz, nicknamed Mikey, was sitting in a car in the driveway in front of one of his friend's houses. He was at the corner of West and Sisson Streets in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Okay. He's sitting in the car... Everything's quiet. Gunfire erupts out of nowhere. He was actually sitting in the car with a woman, just kind of talking. I think it was kind of an intimate moment, like they're sitting in a parked car and they're kind of having a moment. Lights are on them, and yeah, like a little street light. I I like you, Mikey. (laughs) I like you too, Jennifer. And then gunshots. That's awful. Exactly. That's awful. In front of his friend's house. What's insane to me is that police said that they were both shot separately, but that the angles where the gunfire was coming into the car, Mm -hmm. every bullet that hit the woman Mm -hmm. went through her and into Mikey. Oh my God. So he got double the gunfire essentially. Wow. Yeah. So there was, they're saying there's two people firing? From two different angles or just one? It could have been a drive-by. Oh, my God. Or they were shooting into the car yeah. and they're both getting hit. Yeah. Like, she got hit, Mikey's getting hit, mm-hmm. and then all of the bullets that are going into her right. are going into him. That's so Isn't awful. that? It's crazy. Oh. Mikey's friends were inside the home, and as soon as they heard shots, they ran outside, yeah. calling 911, running, trying to help trying to get everything that they can, trying to see if they could find somebody. And the woman Mikey was with miraculously survived. Wow. That's amazing. Mikey was not so lucky, and he passed away from his injuries, of Mm -hmm. course. Yeah. He and a big group of his friends had gone out clubbing in Providence, Rhode Island. They had just gotten back to the house. So all of his friends went inside, and they're like, oh, we'll give you guys a moment. Sure. We'll, we'll give you, you guys come inside, and you guys catch up right. with us. Right, And so him and the woman were having kind of a moment, and then sure. that's when they were shot. Oh, my God. Police knew who Mikey was. Okay. Um, they kind of had a little bit of a profile on him. Mm-hmm. Detective Raymond Doran stated, Mr. Cruz was involved in some stuff that was probably on the shadier side of the law. He didn't deserve to die, though. No one deserves that. He did nothing that warranted him being murdered in his car. Detective Duran also stated that Mikey had known enemies, Hmm. and he actually was shot months before this back in June, and he survived. Oh, my God. Yeah. What awful luck. So this happened in October. Yeah. Previously in June. Oh, my God. He was involved in a shooting. That's like four months. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So someone shot him mm-hmm. in June, and he survived. Yeah. And he's sitting in a car, his car, with a woman. Right. Just having a moment, and he shot again. Wow. 
So police are thinking maybe the same person that shot him in June realized, oh shit, I didn't do my job. Let me lay low for a while and then let me come back and finish the job. Wow. I was thinking that as well. Mm -hmm. Did they know who shot him in June? Nope. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awful. I would love to know, like, ballistics-wise, if it was the same kind of... Not that that's 100%, but... That's a good start. That would just be interesting. Yeah. If it was the same kind of bullets or the same kind of entry and exit wounds. Right. Yeah. Yep. So insane. So authorities think the same thing. Authorities are thinking whoever shot him in June came back in October. To finish the job, essentially. So they're thinking maybe the guy figured out that, oh shit, I didn't kill my target. Let me stake him out. So they're thinking maybe he was like waiting for the perfect opportunity to finish the job, which is why when his friends went inside, this guy could be lurking and thinking, oh, now's my time. And then that's interesting too, because he did have someone else in the car. So most, I mean... Obviously, I'm not a murderer, and I don't know what they're thinking, but I feel like having another person would be collateral. Like, now you have to kill two people, or you have to make sure that you're not visible to the person you're not killing, and, like, all of this stuff. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Hmm. And she survived, and she didn't even... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to get a good picture of... Like, you can't really get a witness description if you're being shot at. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure it was dark, probably. It sounded like it was... Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking early hours, because they had gotten back from clubbing. So I'm thinking, like, between 2 and 4 a.m. Yeah. There were no witnesses. The car's windows were tinted. Oh. So even if there were witnesses, the view would have been obscured a ton. Yeah. There's no DNA, no surveillance footage. No, nothing. Hmm. Mikey was recently added to the Rhode Island cold case deck of cards, and he is the five of spades. All right. Because he's on the cold case deck, I do have a number. Fantastic. Thank God. Yeah. Anyone with any information on the murder of Marcos Cruz is asked to please call 1-877-RI-SOLVE. All right. Man, that's tragic. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that that woman survived. That's amazing. But how traumatic and violent. Yeah, so I'm wondering if they're keeping her identity out of it, maybe because that guy could come and get her. Yeah. Or she's just so traumatized that she doesn't want to be named. I don't blame her, regardless. Both of those reasons are very good reasons. Yeah. I know. That's terrible. I know. I was reading that one singular article. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And his poor friends. I know. That must have been awful for them, too. Hearing that, brave of them to go run out and see what was going on. But, yeah, so great job. That's awful. Yeah. Crazy. Ugh. And in Rhode Island, nonetheless, mm-hmm. we don't usually get a lot from there. Hmm. That is our eighth installment of Case Profiles. If you guys have cases that you want us to cover of people either you know or stories that you know that are um, short and don't have a lot of information on them, definitely send them our way. We make sure that they get out into media and get attention one way or another. For sure. If you guys send us one and we can't do a mini episode on it, we will do one on our Instagram and our website. So just because we can't talk about it, 
doesn't mean we're not going to do it. Exactly. So you can send us an email, truecrimeny at gmail.com, our website, truecrimeny.com, um, and our Instagram, truecrimeny. We're very uh, uniform over here. <laughs> so just if you have something, let us know because we want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.